So joining me on the call today, I've got Escher Frickberg from Market Street Finance. Welcome to the call, Escher. Thanks, David. Appreciate you having me. Ah, it's a pleasure as well. I mean, today it's a super important topic, like deep diving into self-employment lending, self-employed lending. And uh, really, as the economy goes through this tightening that we're, happy, that we're having right now with inflation and you know, interest rates going up as well, um, a lot of people who are in business are feeling the pinch. You know, they're, they're, they're sort of hit up with their expenses going up and they've got to try and work out how to increase their value to the client at the same time because, you know, people's ability of free spending has reduced because as interest rates increase, their, their money gets pulled. And being self-employed, I think, is one of the worst positions to be in when it comes to getting a loan. So do you want to maybe give us a bit of an understanding of, you know, I suppose what you guys do in your organisation yep. and how we can get some cash for some people? Absolutely. Um, so look, basically, um, at a high level, we're finance brokers. Um, so mortgage brokers, we deal with 60 odd different banks. Uh, yep. We help people get access to funding, whether it be for residential or, or commercial purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to specialize in that self-employed space just because it's a little bit more complex. and There's a bit more of a need for it. Um, to be honest, if someone's got two PAYG jobs, our value proposition is less. We don't, we're still helpful, but it we're not sort of miracle workers. Um, whereas when it comes to self-employed, there is a pretty dramatic difference in how different banks assess you. And you could have a very good business. You could have a very good overall situation. Yeah. You could walk into your bank and get declined. Um, when the bank next door that you don't know about or the bank down the road or a different bank completely would offer you the same amount of money that you asked for at a better rate, but you weren't aware that you fit into their credit policy and not your current banks. And we try and sort of solve that problem. Right. So, so reality is a lot of people in business, uh, especially self-employed, are quite busy yep. running around. So they don't have that time to shop around and go and check with different banks. Um, they look at their P&L and it doesn't look too healthy because they do this thing where they minimize the amount of tax that <coughs> they're paying, which means that their yep. P&L looks like they didn't make much money last year. How, how, how does a bank assess a company's ability to, to, lend, to lend money to a, a company? What are the criteria that they use? Yeah, good question. Um, generally, the uh, sort of starting point for most banks is a bit of stability in business. So most banks will want to see two years trading history as sort of a, yep. a starting point. Um, some can sort of stretch to 18 months, some sort of second tiers can go down to about a year or even less. And there are sometimes some mitigating factors that we can look at, but that's sort of the general rule. Um, yep. But sort of the default that most banks will look at, if you just walk into your average branch, is they sort of take the last two years financial to the business, um, add back any of your personal um, wages you paid yourself as well, mm-hmm. take the lower of the two because you know they've got to be conservative and that's your income. So it's basically net profit plus add backs, the lower of the last two years and that's kind of the default way that they'll look at it. Um, especially coming out of COVID, as you can imagine, that's pretty unfavorable to most businesses because yep. one of the last two years has probably been poor, um, which basically means and it's potentially judging you on how you performed two years ago which might not be relevant at all to how the business is performing currently. Um, and so a lot of the different banks have got their own different ways of, of I guess, being a little bit more commercial and understanding that um, there's different ways of looking at the success of a business. So some of them will look at one year in isolation. That's kind of the easiest one that's been around for a while. So they'll just look at the most recent year and they'll ignore the, the previous one. Um, others will average the last two. Um, other, others could potentially take the higher of the last two, depending on, if there's a good story to tell, if the, if the dip's explainable. Um, and then I guess sort of the more interesting ones on top of that are, are a lot of 
businesses are quite complex and they might go into their bank and get the bank just can't handle it. It's too, it's too overwhelming. There's too many things going on. There's yeah. business loans, there's different entities, all kinds of things going on. Um, so a lot of banks have brought in what's called a self-employed wages policy, where if you pay yourself a salary from your business and you've been doing it for six months or more, that's your income. Um, there's certain criteria you need to meet. Each bank's got a little different tweak to it. That's sort of effectively the, the, the main part of it. And that has opened up a lot of lending to a lot of clients where previously due to either the structures being too complex or the businesses being quite um, debt heavy. So a lot of, you know, your manufacturing kind of businesses, your asset heavy, your, um, your heavy machinery kind of businesses, they might have huge levels of debt in the business, but the debt is for machinery, which grows the business. Yeah. But the growth follows after you take the loan out to buy yeah. the machinery. And so it's always trying to improve that. And so having those um, different ways to assess based on certain timeframes, different ways to assess business loans, how you pay yourself. Um, it just gives you different avenues of proving to a bank that you're a good business rather than purely relying on the worst of the last two years tax returns. I understand. So once they make that assessment, is there a multiple, is there a, is there a serviceability factor in there as well? Yeah, so the general rule of thumb is that from a, and this is sort of, so I specialize in residential lending for self-employed. I'm a business partner, especially more on the commercial side of things. We're yeah. do a bit of asset as well, but specifically in residential, um, the general rule of thumb is you can borrow about five times your assessable income, but obviously what your assessable income is varies dramatically from bank to bank. One bank might say you make half a million, the bank next door says you make 50,000. And so that, that figuring out what that first number is is probably the biggest thing. And then as a very rough rule of thumb, about five times. Um, yep. For context, a year ago, it was about seven times your income. Yes. But because of the higher interest rates, it's dropped quite a bit. Yeah, right. Because really this 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 interest rate hike that's happened this year is unprecedented, I suppose. The movement has been so quick. And uh, I think everyone's yeah. panicking because they don't know when it's going to stop. Um, can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think um, <laughs> Look, I mean, we, uh, I was actually, before this, I was reviewing uh, a presentation I did back mm -hmm. in February. And luckily, the information I put out was the official forecasts of each of the four major banks, their economists. And so it wasn't me making a forecast, it was them. But they all had the cash rate going to 3.6, 3.85, 3.85 and 3.6 were the four, four majors. Yeah. Um, we're at 4.1 now probably going to get another rate rise or two. And mm -hmm. so all of them were wrong. Um, that was only four and a half months ago. So the short answer is no one knows, but in theory, we've been told that there's probably one more rate rise, maybe two this year, and then a dip next year. But again, they've been wrong every other time. So <laughs> take it with a grain yeah. of salt. I suppose the bigger picture is the interest rates as they are now are no worse than they were pre-COVID to a large degree. Right. So we're sort of back where we were. We just had a bargain interest rate going for a while there, which was sort of incredible. But those people who entered the market while it was cheap, it's it's becoming sort of a, quite a difficult uh, hurdle to overcome. So I think, um, you, you know, when, when we talk about business and what they're, what business is going through right now, I think that, uh, you know, COVID's in our history. Um, we have higher cost of living. And uh, I, I suppose for some people, there's a catch up between you know the increased cost of living and being able to charge more for my service and this is probably where we factor in this idea of actually getting some funds because one of the issues i've found with business is growth sucks cash yeah yep 
And for most people, they get that. They say, well, when I, when, I, when I get more clients, I have to get more employees. And when I get more employees, I have to pay more wages or I have to buy more stock. So all of a sudden, what I thought I had as a war chest is getting depleted very quickly. Um, yep. how, how do you assess? Like, how do you know when someone's going to sort of get a loan or needs to get a loan? And what, what are the criteria that the bank looks at for the purpose of the loan? Is there anything around that that we should be thinking about? Yes, look, the, I mean, that varies, obviously, quite a bit from product to product. Um, Typically, the best way to discuss if someone needs a loan is before they need a loan. Um, And that usually comes when they've engaged a professional to plan, whether that be a business coach, their accountant, a financial planner, whatever it may be, or or, internal CFO for for larger businesses. Um, And they've effectively got a plan. They know what their requirement for capital over the next two years is, and they can sort of speak to someone like us now, six to 12 months before they need it. And then basically we can tell them, if this is what you need from a capital point of view, this is where we're gonna need to be to get it. Um, If if you're there now, great, let's get the ball rolling. If you're not there, here's some some sort of benchmarks that that the bank might wanna see um, before being able to do this. So the best time is always sort of (laughs) to have it before you need it. Um, In terms of, of what they're looking at the most banks unfortunately are always going to be historical um and so they will look at and and there's different versions of historical um business lending is a little bit more flexible than home lending in the business lending it's not just the last two years tax returns though that is valid but sometimes you can look at projections as well mm-hmm. um account prepared uh, usual requirement some um, banks look at the last six months of bank statements so if you've started to ramp up it's and it's not reflect you know and your previous extras didn't reflect that that can help you some will look at your most recent bass to sort of show that you're you're on that upwards trend but you need capital to support that um and some will sort of look at your i guess more of a security-based lend based on you know your invoices uh your receivables you know any equipment you've got in the business and those might be a little bit more flexibility sorry a little bit more flexible on the servicing side of things because they're secured by something which allows the banks to take a little bit more risk in providing you capital capital for growth yeah gotcha gotcha so look really i guess what you've just touched on is something that's dear to my heart is this idea of budgeting and planning because i know if i go to the bank when i need money they don't want to give it to me (laughs) yeah if i go to the bank when i don't need any money they send to start sending me these letters saying hey we'd like to increase your uh things right and so um, this, this notion of saying we need to predict what's going to happen in three months to 12 months time in the business and we yep. need to be setting up all of the facilities early when we don't need the money, not when we do need the money. So I think that, that comes down to this idea of budgeting, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, um, it's quite, it's quite um, often, you know, you go through a growth phase, there's, there's, different, there's different periods of time that reflect mm. that present the business in a better manner mm-hmm. and so there's certain times where you know some see some businesses as an example if, if you're sort of looking at your, your bash statements your bank statements you look at the last six months some businesses you know they perform better in certain times of year some businesses you know might might have had you know a good year down year and then back to a good year so it's all sort of the timing because oftentimes you know i can speak to a client in and this is probably the best, well, sorry, two months ago was probably the best time of the year to look at funding because in April, we can look at 
how you did in 2021, how you did in 2022, how you're looking for 2023. And that kind of gives us three bites at the apple okay. of potentially getting funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might get the funding before you need it because you know that based on when the bank's assessing you on, that's your strongest foot forward. Um, and so being able to fit into that requirement, if you're borrowing for growth, um, mm-hmm. can be the difference between getting the funding you need and not, basically. Yeah, gotcha. So really, like, there's opportune times to go and have your options open. Uh, yep. You know, you can pick and choose which are the best figures to present to the bank. Correct. Uh, um, then the, the, this is comes back into this whole idea of having a planning cycle. Um, and then I suppose the, the other idea is that uh, does the bank actually ever look at a business plan when they're looking to loan money or is it really based on historical figures? So it depends on what the loan is for. Usually if the, the, the first port of call is what are the historical figures, mm. um, depending on the business, depending on the purpose of the loan, projections of business plans can make a big difference. So especially if you're borrowing to introduce a new product, grow the business, do something that's that's going to change. Mm. That means that 12 months from now, you're going to be different to how you were today Mm. or 12 months ago. And you're trying to borrow on the future earnings. That's where it really comes down to um, telling the story correctly. Not all banks will do it, but some will, especially in the business lending space. Um, It's really understanding what you're doing, why you're doing it, and basically why the bank should believe that you'll pull it off effectively. Mm. Okay. So it still sounds like planning is the key. Um, Once leaving, again, yeah, always. The key is coming back to leaving your options open or having those choices in advance. So rather than getting yeah. to the sort of right, right to the finish line and running out of juice, you're actually sort of planning in advance so you can navigate it and know what the bank can offer and what you need to set up as well. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I want to find out a bit more about you. So you've been in this mortgage broking business for a while. How, how long have you been going for? So actually, probably, so I started in 2017, um, then ended up working in the business lending space um, for about five years, and I've yep. moved back into mortgage broking as of about two and a half years ago. Um, and I think for me personally, when I was a, in business lending, I was working for one product, um, yep. and I enjoy the I enjoy the problem solving um, part of being a, a broker and having multiple options because as a, it really can be, you know, one bank could just say no and one bank can give you exactly what you need. Yeah. And it's literally just knowing which is which and how they view things differently. And there's no, we're not talking about anything dodgy. It's just different banks view things differently. They've got different credit policies. Um, and it's that ability to sort of fit a scenario, fit, fit a business into a bank's lending appetite. That's yeah. um, fun. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, so, what were we doing beforehand? Uh, so I brought brought it as a lawyer in New Zealand for a while. Yes. Um, wasn't for me. Um, and then previous to that, I was in uh, I was a life insurance broker for a few years, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the last sort of six years, has been primarily finance. Yeah. And what drove you into finance? Um, it's a good question. I sort of stumbled across it, to be honest. I've always been interested in property, um, personally, mm-hmm. uh, like property investment, um, always been interested in small business, but, and sort of when I first got into, to mortgage working a little while ago, I sort of wanted to 
delve more into the business learning side of things, yeah. um, which is sort of why I went down that path. But yeah. um, I think it's just generally a fascination with money and property. Mm-hmm. And if you love money and property, this is the job to be in, basically. Yeah, because it's, it's funny, money polarizes people when we talk about yeah. it. I don't like talking about it, and some people talk about it all day long. Um, and it's because there's such an emotional attachment. And when yeah. you think about what money actually is, it's just a form of valuing services or products. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we go to loan money from the bank, they're, they're a business and they want to make money yeah. out of that loan. So they're just selling their product, which is money. And when we're in business and we run so- short of cash, one of the reasons we run short of cash is we don't manage it very well. Yep. And people discard looking at the money because they're too busy trying to run the business. So you get this situation where a lot of people, they, they're busy, they're flat out running their business, but they're making no money. And yep. the question mark around that is why? Oh, because uh, we don't know because we don't know our numbers. And for me, like the, yep. the scorecard, right? And so for me, the fascination around money is really, that's telling me exactly what's working and not working in my business, in my investment portfolio and what I need to do about it. And yep. uh, I think when people are looking at money and they say, look, it's something I don't talk about or I'm not interested in, I think that's like saying I don't care what the score is when I'm watching the football game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, I mean, I'm sure you see it too, but yeah. we've had numbers of clients who've come to us, they run a business, mm-hmm. and to be honest, they probably would work less and make more money if they just work for someone else in the same business. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lot of clients that do very well in business, but... Yeah those first category of clients, it's because they don't, they don't really look at it. Like, oh, I think things are going pretty well. Um, and I think it's, it's, I mean, yourself, us, like we look at numbers all day. And so we can tell what numbers look good and what numbers don't look good. And always, there's, there's always a little bit of nuance and you need to sort of understand things a little bit, but you can tell when, when things don't look uh, fantastic. And it's, um, it's interesting that sometimes the business owners themselves are surprised that, things aren't going well, which is... Yeah. Or sometimes they just yeah. actually don't want to know. <laughs> they yeah, like to live in too. denial and they like to say, well, if I don't know, then it doesn't bother me. Mm. But um, I suppose, and the reason I bring that up is that, you know, when we talk about finance, it can be seen as not a, a very dry topic, right? But really, finance is about leverage. And yeah. when we talk about business, leverage is how you get more out of what you're currently doing. And so to me, finance is a way of getting more employees or more stock or movement in the marketplace. And the reason to finance when I was asking you before is if you're financing for growth, that's an investment. If you're financing because you don't have enough money to pay the wages, that's potentially a very dangerous situation to go into because you might be just digging the hole deeper. Yeah, I think that's a responsibility for someone in business to recognize what's the money for. Because- and I think it's um, you know part of part of the analysis we'll do, um, and also the banks as well, mm-hmm. we'll do it on behalf of the banks a lot of the times, mm-hmm. is um, is really understanding what that purpose is for. Um, and and that's why I sort of said, mentioned previously, you know, the banks are a lot more flexible with giving money if there's a, a story, if, if there's a if there's growth coming from it, um, whether it's new, new assets or hiring new employees or launching a new product or whatever it may be, um, you're much likely to get a positive reaction from a bank this is specifically for business lending obviously um yep. versus or you're trying to refinance a product that's too expensive like they like that as well but if you're just wanting money just from for money um and there's not really a good reason for it yeah you'll 
it's a lot more difficult. Um, and it sort of, it, it raises conversations of, you know, is this the best option to have? Because yeah. um, we have had clients approach us where they, you know, there, there's always money available somewhere and it's not always the good money to get. Yeah, and, and the reason I sort of bring this up is I've been doing this for 23 years and one of the most yeah. common things I hear is I just need some money in my business. I just need to get finance or I just need to get yeah. an investor. And I would challenge that money is the most commoditized product on the planet. A dollar is worth a yeah. dollar no matter how you cut it. And the real yeah. issue isn't that there's not enough money around. The real issue is that the value proposition, the reason you want the money is the problem. And so when people say, I just need investors in my business, the first thing they're going to look at is, is it going to be a good investment or not? Right? So if yeah. I give you a hundred grand to run your business, am I going to see a return or are you just looking for ways to take away the pain of what you're not being able to do right now? So it's sort of, as you said at the start, it can be quite complex, but I feel sometimes people move away from financing because they're scared of the potential of getting put into debt for the wrong reasons. But I think there's yep. an obligation also from the financier, as you just described, to make sure the money is being used for the right purposes. Correct. Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's interesting because there's products out there that are very expensive, um, mm. but sometimes they make sense, and sometimes there's products out there that are very cheap and they don't make sense mm. because if you're buying for the wrong reason. So we'll often have the, the conversation again. It's usually easier when it's guided by. Um, Actually, a lot of businesses they know they know their numbers very well, but it it needs someone to know your numbers because if we say, look, we're going to get you a hundred thousand dollars, the interest rate's very expensive. It's going to cost you ten thousand dollars in a year, right? Which is quite high. But if it makes you five thousand, don't do it. If it makes you twenty thousand, do it. You know, it's not. Yeah. Um, but you need to know what those numbers are mm -hmm. to decide whether or not the financing makes sense. Yeah. Now, I love this because when we talk about marketing with business owners and they, I talk about how much are you budgeting for marketing this year? The usual answer yeah. is we don't have a marketing budget. Well, the second yeah. one is the least amount possible. And I said, how about if yeah. we flip this over and say the most amount possible? And they go, yeah. what do you mean? And you say, well, if you know your return, as you just described, if I know that I'm going to get 20% and I'm only paying 10, I'm going to get as much right. as <laughs> so, exactly. so the idea of getting money is literally about making sure you've got a value proposition that is bona fide, not just a pie in the sky dream or an idea that I need the money to solve all my problems, but here's the plan moving forward. I want to ask you one last question. Um, as the economy sort of moves in the way it's moving, what do you foresee in the near future and what do you think business owners should be anticipating? Uh, specifically for a lending thing, I think mm -hmm. that... So lending right now is quite difficult. Um, I think that with interest rates the way they are, lending just simply is a lot more difficult than it was, um, yeah. you know, a year ago. Um, also, you know, there's the economy as a whole is not as fantastic as it might have been, you know, a few years ago. Um, but as a result, lending overall to the banks is decreasing, and they still want to lend money. And so what we're starting to see is a lot of banks opening up certain credit policies, you know, they'll basically, and it differs from bank to bank, but they're all finding a niche or an area or a type of lending where they're comfortable taking a little bit more risk than they were six months ago because they need to keep loans coming in because that's how they make money. They sell money. And so if they're not lending, they don't make money. And so they're 
targeting certain areas where they're growing. And I think the the ability to, I guess, you know, be aware of when, have someone who you work with who's aware of where that happens, because there's clients we work with that came to us four months ago and we said, we can't help you. And then a policy change happens specifically for their situation. Mm -hmm. We say, actually, good news. We can now do what you wanted to do. And that happened two weeks ago. Um, and that kind of solution means that it's, it's, you just need to be, have someone who's aware of what's going on, mm -hmm. um, specifically in that, in that finance space, if that sort of answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of does. Cause I, I think what you're saying is don't accept what the banks tell you. Number one, yep. number two, if yep. you good value proposition or business case, you will find the money, um, because okay. there's different channels that you can go through. And I think when people say, if I had the money, I could do this. Sometimes that's a poor excuse for a bad business plan. Because the truth of the matter is, if I can convince someone to give me the money, I'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So um, if we we're going to sum up today's conversation in one or two short sentences, what's your advice to people in business right now? Um, I would say two things is one, uh, try and plan for when you need the money rather than uh, realize you need the money today or you need the money last week. Mm -hmm. um, and two would be review your lending options with someone because just because your bank said no it, it's not bank says no therefore you know i've got to go to some loan shark mm. other banks might say yes and so it's i guess look at other options yeah yeah awesome so just keeping an open mind and recognizing that the banks are not like the uh, government they, there are options <laughs> correct Awesome. Esha, look, thanks so much for your time. If anyone needs to contact you or reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, probably a mobile number. Give me a call, 0410-132-024, um, or just uh, shoot me an email, which is esha at marketstreetfinance.com.au. Yeah, or if they type in Esha Frickberg into Google, I'm pretty sure there's not that many of you. <laughs> there's not that many. You're pretty. If you type in Esha, though, it's quite a common name for Indian actresses. And so you will get the wrong Escher, but so make sure you include Frickbrook as well. Yeah, fantastic. Escher, look, thanks again for your time today. This has been awesome. Mate, thanks for having me on.